Spirit-led. Uh, we heard encouragement uh, about people out in God's world doing God's business, and uh, we were encouraged by that. Uh, there were lots of things that made me smile. There were lots of things that made me uh, remember why I love Jesus, uh, mostly because Jesus loves me and has since before uh, I was ever thought about in human minds. This morning, uh, I'm going to be sharing with you, Are You Stirred to Do God's Will? Uh, some of the messages that I heard this week, uh, men had obviously been stirred to do God's will. I don't understand necessarily how God works in the hearts and the minds of individuals. Uh, he seems to know each one of us at our very uh, core, seems to know just the things that we need at a particular moment in time so that he moves us to do the things that he would have us to do. But each of us has to come to our own life, and maybe each of us has uh, at different places in our life when we come to particular moments, particular events, particular times, and uh, we're just not sure anymore if we're doing God's will. And I think a lot of times, a lot of us waste a lot of time uh, asking, what is God's will for my life? Uh, I know that for years as uh, God was dealing in, in my heart and in my mind about surrendering to the ministry, I've probably told you all this before, uh, but uh, I spent probably a decade or better uh, where I just would ask myself, well, what's God's will for my life? What's God's will for my life? Does God want me to, to be in ministry? Does God want me to do this? Does, you know, what is God's will for my life? I'll tell you that at Mount Sylvia Missionary Baptist Church, that there's a, they have pews kind of like we do here. And, oh, I guess you go back uh, maybe four, four pews somewhere off in here. And if you'll go to that little church, even today, right, you can find my nail prints sitting in that pew, okay? If, you, if you'll just kind of feel around right here, you know, on this pew, you will find some deep imprints, and those are are my nail prints as week after week I sat in that pew asking the question, what is God's will for my life? The whole time God stirring in my heart uh, to, to, come, to help me to come to a better understanding of what he wanted to do. So this morning, uh, the title of our message is, Are You Stirred to Do God's Will? I pray that you'll be stirred to do God's will, and if God has already stirred you to do his will, I pray that today will be the day that you respond to God's stirring of your spirit. We'll begin in verse number 1 of the book of Ezra, chapter 1. It begins with this reading. Now in the first year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up, the spirit of Cyrus, the king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all of his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven has given me all of the kingdoms of the earth. He has charged me to build him and a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all of his people? His God be with him. Let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God, which is in Jerusalem. 
And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts, besides the free will offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. And then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites with all them whose spirit God had raised up to go to build the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. And all they that were about them strengthened their hands with vessels of silver, with gold, goods, with beasts, with precious things, besides all that was willingly offered. Also Cyrus the king brought forth the vessels of the house of the Lord which Nebuchadnezzar had brought forth out of Jerusalem and had put them into the house of Even those did Cyrus... Persia bring forth by the hand of Mithridath the treasurer and numbered them unto Sheshbazer the prince of Judah. And this is the number of them, thirty chargers of gold, a thousand chargers of silver, nine and twenty knives, thirty basins of gold, silver basins of a second sort, and that means they were a little less value, four hundred and ten, and other vessels a thousand. All the vessels of gold and of silver were 5,400, and all of these did Sheshbazar bring up with them of the captivity that were brought up from Babylon into Jerusalem. Let's pray over his word. Our Father, we just uh, come before you as we read your word, and we just pray, Lord, that you'd open our hearts and our minds today to the things that you uh, have in them. And Lord, uh, we come in this service and we just uh, pray that you'd just take my lips and heart and you'd purify them and help me to say just the things that you want us to say. And uh, I just pray, Lord, that you'd just uh, uh, help me to do that this morning. Lord, I thank you for the things that we saw among our sister churches this week uh, at the associational meeting. I just pray that as one of their sister churches, Lord, that you would help us to know the things that we ought to do to carry out your great commission. Lord, we read in your word of peoples who made choices to do the things that you wanted and also of those that chose to respond differently. And so we pray, Lord, that you would just stir in our hearts and that you would give us a spirit that would respond to you and respond to you in a way that's pleasing to you. And Lord, we just uh, pray that you would give us a heart for the lost, not just here in Richwood, but in the surrounding area as well, all through Brazoria County. In the state of Texas and beyond, we pray over uh, Brother Kim uh, Williams in Houston this morning. We pray over his mission work. Lord, we pray over the works in Indiana. We pray over the works in Virginia. We pray over the works in California. Lord, we pray over our missionary in the Philippines, and we just ask that you'd give him a good week of work this week. Uh, We know they've already worshipped you uh, in their services yesterday, and we just pray that you equip them to go out into the community surrounding them. And Lord, we can't reach the places that you do, but we pray that you would just stir our hearts to do the things that you want us to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And you know, in in this particular uh, passage here, this Ezra chapter 1, we often get confused because of where uh, it's placed in the scripture. 
in, in the scripture, we find Ezra pretty early in the Old Testament, and we find all those prophets uh, like Jeremiah that uh, talk about the Babylonian captivity and, and the coming judgment. We find them later on in the order of the books of the Bible. But actually, Ezra comes after uh, Isaiah, and it comes after Ezekiel, and it comes after Jeremiah. It comes after Micah and Amos and Hosea in the, the scheme of things, right? Chronologically, Ezra is at a later time. Ezra is at a time period after Israel has gone into Assyrian captivity. God has already judged that nation for the calves that were at Bethel, the idolatry that was in their heart. Uh, he's already judged Dr Judah. The Jerusalem has fallen. There is no more of it. The temple is gone. Uh, it is rubble. There's uh, nothing that can be done from man's perspective to restore Israel and Judah as a nation. The Babylonians took Daniel and uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and uh, hundreds and thousands of other Judahites, uh, kids, into Babylonian captivity. And you remember that when we studied in Daniel chapter 1, that they had been there now for 70 some odd years. You remember that uh, last Sunday I spoke to you out of Daniel chapter 9. And that Daniel was sitting on the bank of the river and he was reading out of the prophet Jeremiah who had written things 70 years beforehand uh, to him. And as he's reading that book, as he goes into the Word of God, God gives him a new understanding of a passage that he had read for uh, time and time again. And we talked about how that in our daily Bible reading we will come to places where God speaks to our heart and he stirs us up to, to do things in ways that we've never understood before. And you remember that Daniel, as he was reading that passage last week, he went, oh, wow, it has been 70 years. God's word's true and, and we are fixing to go home. And you remember that he prayed on, in confession, and he prayed a petition that God would, would take them back where uh, they ought to be to Jerusalem. Well, as all of that's going on over in Daniel, things are stirring in the palace there in Persia. And this particular passage, I believe, is a response to the prayer that Daniel petitioned last week. And so as we come to this first passage of, of Ezra chapter 1, there's two things I want to show you out of this particular passage today. The first is that God will stir your spirit. Now, I want you to look in verse number one with me. It says, now in the first year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, so that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, the king of Persia. Now, it's interesting to me that Cyrus is not an Israelite. Uh, he's not a uh, he's not a Judahite. He, he's not a, a king of uh, of God's chosen people. Uh, if we were thinking about this in terms of, of today's uh, uh, application, we wouldn't say that he's one of our deacons or that he's one of our pastors. Uh, he's not missionary Baptist at all. He's from outside. He's in the community. To Ezra, who, who was a priest that was in exile right there, Ezra probably had never gone to the palace. He had probably did not know Cyrus at all. God had people that knew him, but he was not one that you would think would do God's business. You know, it's interesting to me that as missionary Baptists and as Baptists as a whole, that we get this idea in our mind that we are God's only people left. And, you know, one of the things that I, I saw more clearly, I think, uh, 
this week while I was at the national meeting than I have in a long time. It's that God is stirring in the hearts of people far and wide. That, that God's work goes on in, in places like Mexico. That God's work goes on in, in, in places like Chile. That God's work goes on in places like Japan and the Philippines and, and Mongolia. And, you know, we, we have our biases, right? Uh, as I was dealing with our bus out here, you know, some of us are stirred right now to, to get the yellow bus off the property. You know, God has stirred us, you know, in that direction. And as I sat down with one of the missionaries who uh, is interested in taking our bus, and he was telling me about his work and making some of the arrangements for that, he, he motioned to his wife, and, and he said, he said get, get him one. And she went to digging around, Brother Bill, off into their stuff. And I wasn't sure what she was, was going to pull out. But how many of y'all are soccer fans? Any of y'all soccer fans? I knew I was going to be the only soccer fan here. Okay, I, 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 got, I got one soccer fan back there in the back, or one that's going to claim it right now anyway. Well, you know, the World Cup is, has gone on here recently. And uh, our Mexican brethren... They're well into soccer, okay? They think about soccer like we think about the NFL, right? To them, it's, it's football, right? But it's, 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 it's football. They don't spell it like we spell, you know, football. Well, she went to digging around off in her stuff, and out pops this beautifully embroidered green, red, and white hat that across the front of it, it's embroidered Mexico. It's a national Mexican football soccer team you know had and uh and that brother understood that my heart was pointed at that moment towards mexico because of that bus and 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 he was stirred to give me a piece of his heritage from his people uh because he has a heart that's stirred for his people god has stirred his heart to do his will. I've never been to South Texas until I was pointed here by God to be the pastor at Unity. And, and so there's nothing that, that pointed my mind towards South Texas. There, there's no good reasons for me to, to like the 108 degree uh, heat index that we're going to you know, get today, right? And, 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 and my dad talks about South Texas, and, and he, says, he says, you can't breathe down there. He says, the humidity, right? And, and he talks about these kind of things. But Becky will tell you that like that missionary, like Cyrus, who wasn't even one of God's people in this particular passage of Scripture, that over the course of this spring, that God stirred in, in my heart and completely changed my perspective, my actions, my beliefs, my desires towards South Texas. Then as I came to, to Unity and, and I met different ones of you, well, some of you more likable than others are, right? I didn't even get a laugh out of that, Beck. I mean, nothing at all. Uh, but, you know, God changes our hearts, right? And he begins to, to prick in your chest, he begins to cause you to have different feelings in your spirit. And, and, and what he does is he, he, he drives you 
to do the things that, that he wants. And Brother Darrell this morning as he was teaching in Sunday school, and I'll come back to this passage in just a second and wrap it back around. As he was teaching this morning, he was talking about repentance. He was talking about how that, that God sees the sin in our life and that we have to see the sin in our life. That, that we have to see the harm that it's doing us. And that we have to then turn towards God. And that in turning towards God, he will, he will will turn away from the things that we are doing that don't please God. And I, I just wanted to, to mention, and I didn't have a chance while I was, was in that class this morning, but... The way that that happens is that we confess, we agree with God what those things are in our life. We also confess God's will as he stirs our spirit. And so God tells that missionary, if we use that as an example, or tells Cyrus in this particular passage here, I want you, in the case of the missionary, I want you to go to Indonesia and, and that missionary goes, where is Indonesia? And God says, I want you to go to the Yatva people. And, and, and the missionary says, who are the Yatva people? And, 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 and then maybe because God is leading, because God is stirring that missionary, maybe someone that is already ministering to the Yatva people speaks to that missionary. Because God stirs in the hearts of people through his word, through his, his men, through his women, through, through his churches. And eventually, that missionary goes from walking a path that may be totally different from Indonesia. And as he turns towards God, as God stirs his heart to do his will, he and God are now lined up together. And that missionary no longer says, Who's, where's Indonesia? And who are the Yatva people? But he begins to walk as God stirs his spirit to do his will. And he does what God wants him to do because he sees and hears those people the same way that God does. To God, the Yatva people were going, God, where are you? I need you. My life is not good. I have no hope. My culture is a culture of idolatry. My culture is an immoral culture. I need something. And the missionary hears that too. And so the gospel goes out as God stirs that missionary spirit to do his will. God stirred Cyrus's spirit. This king of kings was one of his titles. Uh, this ruler of the whole uh, portion of the world that was known at that time is stirred by God so that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirs up his spirit and he makes a proclamation throughout all of his kingdom. He even goes so far. He agrees with God so much at that point as God stirs his, his heart to align himself with his will that he not only makes the proclamation but look at the bottom of verse number one there it says throughout all of his kingdom and he put it also in writing and look down as, as we go through verse number number three right there Cyrus Cyrus doesn't really know what he's got going on completely and so he says who is there among you all his people 
so Cyrus is a, a great king and he's got many subjects and they have many different religions and they have many different cultures and and yet God stirs in his spirit to do his will and he asks the questions he said he says who among all the people are his people now isn't that a shame when God's people live in a community and that community stays community to them remember what I told you about community the community are those people we don't know if we knew them, they wouldn't be community anymore. They'd be part of our crowd. Or, or if they were inside of our building and associating with us regularly, they would be part of our congregation. But in this particular case, Cyrus asked the question in the proclamation. He says, who are God's people? Because apparently there wasn't enough people around in Cyrus's life so that he understood exactly who God's people were. God's working in his life, and God is stirring his spirit to do his will. So he makes this proclamation. He, he puts it in, into writing, and he says, Who is there among you of all of his people? His God be with him. Let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. And check your Bible there. If you got your Bible open, look, look down at it. There's, there's a real important English lesson here in English inside of a paragraph if we need to give you some additional information if we want to just kind of supplement what we've already what we've already said then then we start with with a parentheses mark and there's a parentheses mark in verse number three there and after the parentheses Cyrus says he is the God and isn't that the commission that we have to go into all of the world and to preach the gospel baptizing those that believe we want those in our community around us to come to a place where God has stirred their spirit to do his will. First and foremost, in the life of an individual, the will of God is that they become saved by the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Nothing else can happen in their life that is truly God's will until they come to believe Jesus is their personal Savior. Jesus came throughout all of eternity, took on to himself the form of flesh. God the Spirit manifested for us as one of us, 100% God, 100% human, so that he could take our sin debt to the cross of Calvary. We, all of us here, and all of the community that we don't know out there are all destined to go to hell if we don't know Jesus as our personal Savior. This is the most important decision in an individual's life. If, if, if you've never confessed, agreed with God, right? who Jesus is, that he is not just some teacher, not just some man. God will stir in your heart, and he'll prick at your heart, and he'll say, my will is that you come to know my son, Jesus Christ, who is God. They will, as their heart is stirred, through the gospel preaching, they'll come to know that Jesus was not only God, but that God himself did the impossible and raised him from the grave. And then the apostles say, 
that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. And those of you that, that have done that, you know that joy, you know that life that, that is given, and that is the hope for the nations here at, in Richwood or in Indonesia. And so God will stir your spirit to do his will. If you're lost, he'll stir your spirit to accept his son Jesus. And if you're saved, he is always stirring in your spirit to do the things that are useful for the kingdom. As we move on quickly and we look at Cyrus a little bit more here in Ezra, I want you to notice verse number 4. Whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts besides the free will offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. As you read through this book of Ezra, you're going to see that all of the people that are in captivity, that have been exiled from Judah and have been exiled from Israel, there was thousands upon thousands of them. And we know at one point in the scripture that Israel as a nation had at least four or five million people in them. When you go to Ezra chapter 2, you're going to find a little people, a little remnant, just nothing hardly left that respond to Cyrus's proclamation. Out of the millions of people that went into Babylonian captivity, that went into Assyrian captivity, there will be 46,000, all that's left, that will respond to Cyrus's call. Now God is stirring on your heart to do his will and we may look at each other and go well, why aren't you out in the neighborhood visiting well, maybe God hadn't stirred your heart up to go visiting out in the community say why aren't you going to, to Indonesia well God hadn't stirred my heart to go to Indonesia he stirred my heart to go fishing on the beach down in, in Surfside but Cyrus knew that God would stir different people's hearts differently and so in his proclamation he encouraged not only that 46,000 that would go to do God's will in Jerusalem to go but he encouraged the other ones to support them he said any of you that are out there and you're not planning to go to Jerusalem Help them out with some gold. Help them out with some beast of burden. Help them out with some silver. Give them free will offerings towards doing God's work. And we'll see that God stirred those hearts and, and then they responded to that. Because we're almost out of time, I want you to look at verse number 5. When God stirs your spirit, then number 2, you will respond to God's stirring of your spirit. Look, look at verse number 5. Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites with all them whose spirit God had raised to go up to build the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. And all they that were about them strengthened their hands with vessels of silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts and with precious things besides all that was willingly offered and look even old Cyrus now that now that he knows some people of the king the real king now that he knows some of the people of the God uh, of God he also Cyrus the king 
brought forth the vessels of the house of the Lord which Nebuchadnezzar had brought forth out of Jerusalem and had put them into the house of his God. Even those did Cyrus the king of Persia bring forth by the hand of Midradath the treasure numbered them unto Sheshbazar the prince of Judah. And so we see that God not only stirs in your heart to do his will but that when God is working there is always a response on your part and on mine. I want you to think back to earlier in this spring as you were searching for a new pastor. God stirring in your heart to bring a new pastor here. God stirring in my heart to be the pastor here. What if one of us had said no? When God stirs, there is a response. This particular people, the 46,000 of them anyway, they were excited to go. They, they, they packed their bags. They, they, they sold their goods. They, they put things onto donkeys and carts. They grabbed their wives. They grabbed their children. And they changed their whole life to go back to Jerusalem and build the temple of God. Many of them. They, they responded by giving gold and silver and the things that would be needed to, to build that house. But how many were there in their country? Sojourners who had been there for so many decades. You know what happens when we're in one place for so many decades? We go, this is my home. I can't leave here. But God's stirring you to do his will. But this is the way we do things. But God's stirring you to do his will. Well, I've got a son-in-law. But God's stirring you to do his will. And we all respond to the stirring of God's spirit. And some respond in a way that's pleasing to God. They, they, they agree with him about his son Jesus. They agree that he was raised from the dead. They're saved. They, they agree that God wants to go this direction, and so they turn from their sins and they follow him. But many choose to remain in a life that's hopeless, a life of addiction, a life of bondage. And folks, we have to decide for ourselves how we're going to respond to the stirring of God's Spirit. Sister Rachel, Sister Gail, come so that we can take an invitation. This is a time of response for you. Are, are you a Cyrus out there that's not one of God's people, but God is stirring in your heart to become one of his? Do you need to come to know Jesus as, as your personal Savior? Are, are you a member of this church? As we stand together, do, do you need to make a commitment in your heart about the stirrings that, that God has had in your heart? Has God been convicting you? to preach his gospel, to respond to, to ministry? Has God been asking you to become a member of this church? Has God been laying on your heart uh, a ministry opportunity that, that you have? How will you respond to him today as we have an invitation?